You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, we did a story over the weekend regarding the situation with the Washington Bridge. I'm going to refer you to DePietro.com because we have more info than anyone else. And it started on Saturday that I was speaking with a number of different individuals. And as a result of that, we did a posting on the website McKee Nightmare, can 195 be saved? So sources, rumors are flying that the future of 195, since it was shut down, now there's been a lot of rumors about that since it was shut down back on December 11th, Monday night at 5 o'clock. But suddenly two words being tossed around, full demo, as in full demolition. So it may be too far gone to be saved, and instead a new bridge would have to be built. So now Governor McKee's been laying low. He won't talk about it. And I was saying that it would obviously be a huge inconvenience. People in East Providence want answers. Who knows how long something like that would would cost and what would be involved in it? All unknowns. So I was comfortable with the story. We posted it on Saturday. So Saturday night, the mayor of East Providence, Mayor De Silva, he saw the posting on depetro.com. So what did he do? Did he say, oh, that's absolutely not the, the truth? I know what's going on there? No. Did he say, oh, that's, I, I know for a fact, I no. What did the mayor of East Providence do? He called DOT director Peter Alvidi at home on Saturday night. And then as a result of that, the mayor of East Providence, Bob De Silva, uh, put out a statement saying he wanted to dispel some of the rumors about the 195 Washington Bridge. So, and again, folks, you can read this on the website to petro.com. And so I also then, I wrote about this Sunday as a result of him doing this posting. And some of the things that I mentioned that I picked up on is number one, if the mayor of East Providence was so confident, why did he call the DOT director on Saturday night? Number two, why did he feel the need to post that he, quote, wanted to dispel rumors? Number three, when he spoke with the DOT director, the DOT director confirmed they're still collecting data and did not dismiss the notion that it may be a complete demolition, thus confirming the story we had on DePetro.com. Number three, the mayor of East, number four, the mayor of East Providence goes on to say, if that's decided, I think it'll be the correct decision. Now, the mayor of East Providence, Mayor Bob De Silva, he was a close McKee ally. He didn't call McKee. He called Alvidi at home. And I want to back up for a moment. Everything that I just laid out for you, the mayor sees the posting on DePetro.com. The mayor is now going out and about, and people are starting to say, hey, did you see DePetro.com? What can you tell us about that? The mayor is uncertain the mayor doesn't trust governor mckee i don't blame him who left him in the dark completely in the dark as he did mayor smiley when they closed the bridge back in mid-december or almost about mid-december so as a result of that um what what was peter alvini supposed to say so he calls the dot director at home on saturday night this past saturday night what, what exactly was Alvidi supposed to say? What, there was only one answer for Peter Alvidi to say. And that's number one, get off the phone with the Silva. And number two, just don't commit to anything. Saying, you know, we're still looking at the data. I don't know. We don't know if it's going to be a complete demolition of the bridge. Could be. What, what, let me just step back for a moment. What was Alvidi? What was Peter supposed to say? Oh, yeah, by the way. Um, you didn't hear this from me, but yeah, it's going to be a complete demolition. Or how about this? Oh yeah. Sorry about that, mayor. We meant to find you and reach you. Um, it looks like when, when he called the TOT director on Saturday night, there was only one answer for the, if he wants to remain the DOT director, you know, that governor McKee must be like, don't say a word to anybody. But now I want to back up for a moment. The mayor of East Providence has every right to ask these questions. And I think it it speaks volumes 
that the trust is broken down for those that don't travel that area east bay 195 the washington bridge right now it's it's very unpredictable traffic sometimes you could fly through with no problems other times it can take an hour it's totally unpredictable which makes it very difficult very frustrating very stressful for people people are trying to go pick up a child at daycare is are they going to breeze through or is it going to be a 40 minute delay remember governor mckee's trying to frame this as oh that's just an inconvenience governor mckee says how long does it it normally take you to get from point a to point b and then maybe someone says well i leave work it takes me about 20 minutes to get over to where i have to you know whatever and governor mckee says how long did it take this time and the person says well it took 45 minutes and, the, and governor mckee says oh so give or take you would you would inconvenienced about 20 minutes because it was going to take you that much that that's that's not the right way to look at it people map out how long it's going to take so now the mayor of east providence he writes no decisions have been reached directed alviti has assured me top bridge engineering are looking into the bridge structure this is the mayor of east providence again this is all on dipetro.com i hope and pray it does not show a need to replace the bridge if it does replacing the bridge will be the correct decision to make who who would how do you know that how how do you know mayor how long it's going to take how do you know that's the correct decision how who knows how to who knows how expensive this is going to be Oh, really? That would be the correct decision? What if it takes three years? I, I, I think it says a lot. I stand by the reporting. We broke this on Saturday. The mayor then came out. He was asked by numerous people, rumors he's hearing because of DePetro.com, so much that he called the DOT director, Peter Alviti, at home Saturday night. And what is Director Elvi? What is, I come back to, what was exactly he supposed to say? There's only one answer to given that situation. Oh, uh, you know, we don't know. We're still looking at it, Mr. Mayor. Like I said, what was he, what was he maybe going to say? What was he going to say? Yeah, we forgot to tell you. Or Governor McKee told me not to tell you. But yes, it's going to have to be a complete demo. He can't say that. He's not going to say that. He wouldn't say that no he wanted to get off the phone and the way to get off the phone to say we're going through it we're still collecting reviewing we haven't decided anything but i am hearing complete demolition that's what i'm hearing so folks you are listening to the john DePietro show the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln lunch dinner drinks in the lounge especially this time of year so much going on they always have a nice crowd right there full bar large dining area right there in the lounge easy to get to whether it's lunch or dinner a great meal is waiting for you at the lodge pub and eatery think of this since 1994 that's right celebrating the big anniversary this year i'll see you at the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in Lincoln. Folks, you're listening, <clears throat> excuse me, to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which happens to be DePietro.com. Folks, time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us right now, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, let's start off. Last week, Governor McKee delivered his, quote, state of the state. As I had mentioned, he, he put a lot, lot into this. I'm not exactly sure why. He, uh, you know, he, he kind of disappeared from view for several days leading up to it. And then they released a video of him practicing it, you know, in the URI baseball hat. For some reason, that seems mandatory. And then he's kind of gone underground uh, since then. But we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. But I'd, I'd like to just hear it first blush um your your thoughts and observations on rhode island governor dan mckee and his state of the state well i think generally and the idea that he disappears pops back for this thing and then disappears again and, and a lot of the messaging the trying to frame the the state as a team and he's the coach and that whole 
it, it's being very carefully managed. I, I think they're maybe they're starting to understand that their candidate is not great on his feet. Their organization is not great politically, and so there it seems like a messaging play. And there's a lot of a, a lot of things they're they're giving out to special interests. They're the the leaning on gun control and stuff shows they're trying to to distract from the reality of governing and go to their base. And so I think it, it was kind of a, it, it kind of, you know, it was in some ways par for the course for some of these sorts of speeches that, in that regard. I mean, going back to say Bill Clinton, who, if you kept track, promised everything to everybody in every direction during his state of the, state of the union addresses, that, that kind of, that kind of attitude seems to be where they're, where they're going with this, but it's, it, it all just, I don't know, at least to me, it all, all rings, rings very hollow because he's not doing very well as a, as a governor. So the messaging control and, and, uh, and trying to appeal to special interests is, is, you know, it's just standard politics that he's not very good at. But the, the idea of the, the team and the coach and all that, that to me starts to, to grate on me because it's almost like a distraction, right? If we're thinking of ourselves as a team, well, 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 you know, there's no, there's no worrying about, you know, things going wrong. We're all in this together. So, you know, it's very convenient for the, the bad coach to say, we're, we're, we're all a team. Well, yeah, but you're supposed to be doing a little bit more and you're failing. And so that, that part of it does grate on me a bit more than usual. Well, as we're seeing with the NFL coaches get fired. Um, I, I think the whole thing is hokey. I think you're right, though, trying to act like, hey, you know, a team covers each other's back. Well, you know, he's not the he's not the coach. He's the governor. He's supposed to be the CEO. Justin, what I several things about this. Number one, I, I mean, I can't ignore. I I see a lot of speeches. He 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 was very awkward. He seemed very nervous. And for someone that's been doing this now, uh, he, he even mentioned he delivered his first state of the state in actually 21. So you go 21, 22, 23. This is his fourth one. He still cannot master the teleprompter. He was making mistakes. He was fumbling. I'm not saying it's the easiest thing, but it's also not the hardest thing. Um, but someone that basically seemingly didn't leave the building was practicing. I, I thought it was, you know, it was just very uh, kind of awkward. But there there wasn't, I agree with you. I, you know, there, you know it was so like forgettable also. Um, he just puts a lot of effort into it. But uh, on top of that, w- what I like is that the media is focusing on one of the things he threw out was this business of, you know, we're going to raise incomes by 20,000 by 2030. And by all accounts, no one can figure out, you know, where is he coming up with this? <laughs> really? I forget where I saw somebody somewhere on social media uh... Somebody did the math and said, "Well, that's that's basically just inflation. You know, you're you're, you're promising uh, to to follow inflation." But well, I think that's the awkwardness you find in him. And I, I think that the problem with McKee is, I mean, you, you'd think a guy he was mayor, he's been in this game, the, the political game, almost as long as I've been paying attention in Rhode Island, or maybe maybe as long or longer. And you'd think that person would be pretty comfortable. Yeah, uh, you know, teleprompters. I we've. We've kind of forgotten they're supposed to be an aid, right? They're yes. not supposed to be the whole strategy. I'll just go out there right. and read out the teleprompter. I mean, you're supposed to know the speech. You're supposed to know the policies well enough that if you want to depart from the speech, you can. These, this is how you know it's supposed to be done, and it's not anymore because the governors are basically empty suits with no no real competence, and so he's just, you know, just read it off the teleprompter and whatever it may be. But it's just a it's a it's a laugh line, but not. A, it's an applause line. It's it's just we're going to raise incomes. Well, no, the governor can't do that. You exactly. you don't have the power to do that. What are you talking about? Minimum wage? You'll just you'll you'll cause inflation and people will lose jobs. You, the way to in, improve incomes is to get the government out of the way and let people conduct business and build something here. That's that's the way to do it. And they they can't do that because they're beholden to special interests and also their own power in government. And so what are you going to do? You just, oh, we're going to raise, you know, it, it's, I think, you know, it, at least I, I referenced Bill Clinton's State of the Union addresses. At least he, he gave concrete policies and says, we're going to oh, do yeah. this for you. We're going to do this for you. We're going to do this for you. There was It was like an Oprah Winfrey. We're going to give you something. Whereas now, at least with McKee, it's, it's almost like, just statements, right? We're gonna we're gonna eliminate all fossil fuels by 2030. We're gonna raise incomes by 2030. What? What? No, you can't do that. 
you, if you don't have the power, you don't have the ability. If you did have the ability, you don't have the competence. They're not going to do that. But it, it just sounds good. And people say, oh, that's, that's good. You know, as people see the tweet. At least once upon a time, maybe they would have read in the paper, like, oh, how's he going to do that? Now it's, oh, well, that's good. He wants to raise my income. I could use more income. I think that's what they're hoping for. Uh, it, it, so in that regard, it's just a, another indication of the the dumbing down of, of our politics. But they're, they're not going to raise income. They don't even know how to raise income. They, they're, uh, what's his name? Daniels, I think. Um, one of his one of his spokespeople was talking about the budget and saying, "Oh, the, the we're not in a recession. That's the good news. Our our revenue is projected to go up two and a half percent. That's inflation. You, government gets their money from taxing people when they buy things and when they make yeah. money. That's inflation. If your revenue is not going up, I mean, it, the inflation's so high that probably is in real terms a recession, an indication of recession. But they don't even understand what the economic numbers mean. So to say we're going to raise incomes, it's, it's just it's stupid pandering and and it's good that people are paying some attention to it, but not nearly enough because they around here they believe in the idea that government, the governor, can come in and raise our our incomes somehow. I think um, Justin, I, he's become like Governor Gimmick. Like everything, everything's a gimmick with this guy. <laughs> he also invites all these guests, adorable little children. And what do people do when they see all the children? They they, they applaud. So in his mind, it's like, oh, I get it. We'll just get all these guests to come in. Everyone starts applauding for them, and then at least people are applauding, and and everyone kind of has like a feel good moment for just a moment. But what do you make of him? Notice no business leaders were recognized, but he did recognize some members of labor. So like, wh what is that all about? Where he's going out of his way to praise labor leaders, and he even said the leadership of Bob Walsh, which you know years ago under Governor Kachiri, or even at the time Governor Amundo would have been unthinkable. What, what do you, well, you know, it's kind of I, I'm kind of answering my own question. It's it's kind of consistent with the pandering that he does with the special interest all the time. Why? Why leave it out then out of a state of the state? Right, exactly. And I think in the past couple of years, we, we've seen labor has completely taken over the state of Rhode Island. Yes, I mean, there's there's 100%. there's no gap now. There's no there's no tension. There's no nothing. No. They own the state. They bought him Jeez. fair and square. Yeah. And that so that's it. So, of course, they're going to get invited to the White House. They're going to get they're going to get applauded by the governor and the state of the union or state of the state. And, you know, the, the guests, I, you know. <laughs> There's such a cynical ploy when they bring on the cute kids and stuff because you can't. It's like you can't say anything, but it's so right. stupid. Like this is our this is our bar for recognition in the state of Rhode Island is is a, a student going getting perfect attendance. Right. I mean, I mean, th just think about that. I mean, great for the kid. I don't know, you know, what challenges he faces in life. So it may have been a very big accomplishment for him, and so congratulations to him. But that's what we're celebrating at the state house, at the state of the state perfect attendance of a student in school when our schools are crumbling and, and falling apart and they're facing a fiscal cliff because they, they don't know how to spend money wisely. I mean, that's, and we're, we're celebrating the labor unions who have so much to do with the condition of our schools being poor. I mean, that's, it shows you the, the cynicism, the delusion. And I think it also probably indicates that everybody at this point knows nobody's paying attention to this stuff except the special interests who want to see that they were pandered to. And I think that's that, that's basically the uh, basically the, the state of the state in a in a very in a actually a pretty clear nutshell. Yeah, and also you know that family um, you can see the good news bad news scenario where they say to them the good news is we're going to give you a grant so you can have a down payment to get your first home. But the bad news is in order to get that you have to come to the state house, state of the state. We're going to have you stand up and show every well, everyone you know that we gave you that money. <laughs> So you could, you know, get your down payment. Folks, quick break. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252 AJ Drywall Plasters Home Improvement Frame to Finish Basements What a difference it'll make in your basement Acoustic Ceilings Look how beautiful your ceiling could be New homes, additions Also, commercial rehabs Painting, remodeling Contact them today It's a family-run business AJ Drywall Plaster Home Improvements 
call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's aj drywall plaster and home improvements for your home or business Our segment is politics this week. With us is Justin Katz. Justin, what did you think of the uh, Republican response? It was delivered by House Minority Leader Mike Chippendale. I, I don't understand why it was supposed to be immediately after the governor's speech. He did finish on time, by the way. <clears throat> Chippendale's thing was 10 minutes long. So at 745, um, I watched the governor's speech on Channel 10. Suddenly they said, we're going to take a quick break. I mean, run some commercials since we couldn't run any this past 45 minutes. And then we'll come back with your forecast. So they blew it out and they said, oh, we'll have it up on your website. Channel 12, I flipped to them like, what? Flipped to Channel 12. They're like, we now return you to Jeopardy already in progress. I finally found it on Channel 6. So I, I, I don't understand why the others two didn't run it. I then later learned, oh, there was a glitch with Capital TV, which I don't believe. Um, but I seem to be more upset about it than the Rhode Island Republican Party. But what did you think of uh, that aside of Chippendale's uh, response to the governor's state of the state? Well, I think, you know, the the media response to these things is, is kind of telling. And I, I think it's uh, it's telling in how the, the Republicans respond. I mean, I, I like the Republicans in Rhode Island. They've got good policies. They they really put some thought into things. They respond well. And I, I think Chippendale's been doing a great job here and, and earlier you know in recent months and years um but i, I don't think it's it's to the moment you know i, yeah. I don't think it, it responds to the the crisis we have which is a state where they the two state two major networks know they they don't need to to, to show this there's no purpose to showing it they're you know they'll, they'll run the governor's useless state of the state because they they think it's a civic thing they have to do and also if they didn't they'd get they'd lose access to the governor's office and i'm sure there are regulations they're concerned about as well but you know 10 minutes for republicans we know what's the point <laughs> you know and i think that that attitude has to be uh, addressed much more much more head on uh than than it has been I, and i think you know 10 minutes is not a lot of time to to devote to to an opposition point of view but you know the opposition in rhode island has to start showing it it understands what it needs to do to make headway to make it newsworthy to cover them and i don't think i don't think they're they're doing that so much justin i do have a, a question for you maybe you can answer and not to put you on the spot but um you know the the whole situation when you put on the news especially for instance fox every hour they lead with crisis at the border and it, it's a national story with the buses arriving in new york and chicago massachusetts has problems and, and even Biden, I mean, one of the things they're trying to hammer out is a border deal with the House Republicans. At no point is illegal immigration mentioned in the governor's state of the state. The Republicans don't mention it. it to me, I don't understand. And when I try to ask the Rhode Island Republicans about it, they say, oh, it's it's really not a story, an issue that people hear about. To me, that that defies what's going on nationwide. It's a huge issue. Even the Boston Globe said with a lot of Republicans voting in New Hampshire, it was actually like the number one issue for them. I'm just curious, any thought on why not even the Rhode Island Republicans pick up illegal immigration and the fact that Rhode Island operates as a sanctuary state? Well, I think that goes directly to what I was just mentioning about, you know, figuring out what the real deficit is and making new, making it newsworthy. I think there's a okay. there's a tendency where the the news the news organizations they agree with the Democrats on all these issues and they want to support the Democrats as a partisan issue, and so they're going to downplay the the this stuff as news. And so uh, the tendency, I think, among re Republicans in the state is go, oh, well, that's news. We're not going to get any traction on that. Well, they don't want it to be news. You need to make it news. And, and this right. goes for mail fraud, this go uh, ballot fraud, this goes for right. all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it, it's it's everywhere. In, in his budget proposal, the, the governor's talking about increasing funding for multi-language learners. Well, what is that? What is what what is funding for multi-language learners in our right. schools for? Is for people who speak multiple language, many of yeah. whom have been 
up here from the border who crossed yeah. illegally there and in massachusetts you know behind the scenes schools are struggling with a lot of these issues with with students who don't speak english there, there are people who, who provide services to children in in the the public housing for these people and they say all they do is complain about the food and the, the services they're getting in the in the hotel free hotel that they're, that they're uh, living in that that's a story and it's up to the opposition party to say well this is a story. It is up to them to dig into the budget and say, "What do you mean we got to increase multi-language learners?" You got the the commissioner of education saying, "The schools are facing a fiscal cliff." Our children who've grown up here, who live here, there are citizens. They're facing a fiscal cliff, but you've got money for multi-language learners. Now we need to help people. We want children to be able to succeed. And if if these folks are going to be here, you know, even from a Republican or conservative standpoint, the more the more fluent in the language and the more the hardworking they are the more they're going to lean our way in the future politically but you know th these are questions that need to be asked because what you get is this this um almost like the the, the biden and democrats can cause all kinds of problems and then pretend the consequences aren't real they're just more problems for them to solve and that's that's what i've been calling the, the government plantation where they they go out and they create work for themselves so they can demand more power and demand more money uh and the the goal of the democrats and the media is to pretend that that's not going on and so i think i think it's deliberately being ignored by the the news media it's it's and it's it, mistakenly not being played up enough by the Republicans. And you see this all yes. over the place in the governor's call for, for uh, more gun restrictions. You know, I, I, I joked on social media that it would be hard to, hard to prove, but I suspect our bad infrastructure in Rhode Island is responsible for more deaths a year than gun violence. It's yes. just, it's not a big problem here. And you know what? The Democrats and the progressives, they'll, they'll tout the lack of violence here. Anytime they want to say, oh, the state's doing just fine. We have no violence. We have no crime. It's all, it's all a problem. Well, then why do you need more gun control? Well, you need more yeah. gun control because they've got to, They've got to give you something that they want you to think is the important issue, the important story, so we can debate that instead of debating the things that really are genuinely important, like illegal immigration and, and the effects on our budgets and our economy. And I think that's that's what it's just a cynical ploy but we've got to stop playing along with. That is an excellent point of the multi-language learners. It's really just a word game, word salad for it's it's non-English speaking students is what it is, because otherwise, when you step back and the proficiency levels are so low, a fear question would be, why are we teaching them several languages? It's not teaching them several languages. The multi-language learners are non-English speaking students. Now, Justin, one other thing about the budget that I I don't understand why. Again, I'll I'll agree with you, the Republican Party. I don't think they thread the needle enough, but Arizona's proposed budget. It's 16 billion and they have 7 million people. Rhode Island is 1 million people and the proposed budget is 14 million. When you look at that, something that also I, I don't think it's talked about enough is the budget is so out of whack. It's so bloated and inflated that no one even questions like, hey, wait a minute. The budget should really be closer to nine or 10 billion dollars. Oh, certainly. It, it ought to be. We ought to be phasing it down to just barely yeah. where it was a decade ago. I mean, we thought it was bloated when it was, what, four or five. Yeah, and uh, it that, was. Yeah, uh, and it was and it is. But that's that's what they, that's the whole model here is to just come up with reasons to spend money so that you have to, if you if you want to stop the growth of the government, you've, government spending, you've got to say, oh, no, you poor people can't have a house. I mean, that's that's the position. They, they always want to find those people that need government money so that they come and make other people pay for it. When it's a problem here, they look forward to, I mean, I think it was last week we talked about um, McKee loving the ability to, to declare a uh, an emergency in a state yes. or a disaster you know, because then you can get federal funding please 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 federal funding and that's really uh you know the story of rhode island it would be it would be really fascinating for journalists and academics to to investigate this but they're not inclined to do so because they're in on the game around here but that's really the story is struggling for budgets when you know 15 20 years ago struggling 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 Housing crisis, huge windfall from Obama. So they, they put that into federal money, into their build it into their budget. That boosts them up. It has to go down a little bit, but not as much. They find ways to take more money and build it up a little bit more, a little more. And now the same thing. We've got the COVID. Okay, we've got all this money. Boom, the, the budget 
shoots up and it doesn't go quite down. I mean, if you notice uh, in the reporting on the budget, they say, well, next year we're going to have to trim 330 something million dollars out of the budget. Yeah, but you're losing 700 something million out of out of the federal aid that you were getting, the one-time federal aid. They've built that in their budget. They're, they're admitting they're doing it now too. They're saying we're, we're shifting the funds around. We, we couldn't spend it fast enough, so now we're going to use it to plug budget holes. No, <laughs> you need to start pulling back. Nobody should be getting anything. You need to reduce the government budget but that's the pl- that's the plantation model that's the hole we're falling into is that the government is our central industry in rhode island and so it's all about finding ways to provide services and find other people to pay for it and it's it's going to collapse it, it can't do otherwise the only thing they can hope for is that they manage to limp along to the next emergency that gives the federal government an excuse to give us a whole bunch of money. And it's, it, in some regards, it's not that hard because we are a relatively small state, but it's, it's disaster in the making. It's just right now we, you know, we're, we're, we're working with all our credit cards maxed out. It's just that one more disaster and it could fall apart. And I don't think people give that enough attention. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Politics this week, Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com right here on the John DePietro show. Unique Health. Now is the time. End of one year, beginning of the next. Set up a free consultation. No obligation. Contact Sandra at Unique Health, the right in Warwick, 401-826-8474. Unique Health. With their coaching, they will help you take off the weight, allows the body, rid itself, harmful chemicals, Unique Health is here. This is the time. You will see rapid, aggressive weight loss that can last a lifetime. It will target that stubborn fat. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Take off the pounds. Remember, it's not a diet change. It's a lifestyle change. Contact Unique Health. Learn about a free seminar. 401-269-9155-401. 269-9155 for unique health call Sandra today sustainable weight loss do you need a good plumber I found the best plumber JMB plumbing call them today all your plumbing needs 401 401- 743-9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today, 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. And look for them on Facebook. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, some of the other stories in the news. How about with the stadium in uh, Pawtucket? A $27 million state bond investment will now cost $100 million over 20 to 30 years. <laughs> yeah, this, I think this, is, this goes to directly what we've been talking about. I mean, the, the, the state borrows... Implements this project to to you know help the unions out and and maybe get some headlines. We're we're getting a soccer stadium. Look, we've got cranes in the sky. We're 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 growing. Um, and they say, oh, it's a twenty seven million dollar bond. Well, well, maybe there's interest, so it's going to be more like fifty or sixty. Oh, okay. Well, a Democrat administration uh, and, and also you know government approach to dealing with the. Uh, COVID, that kind of blew things up. And so now we've got huge inflation. And so it's going to be over $100 million. This is the problem. This is why these these sorts of projects should never be done. This always happens one way or another. It becomes more expensive than you think. The interest goes up, the inflation. Uh, that's 
it's it's just so predictable but that's that's the way it goes and and they'll they'll just keep plowing on you know now they're now they're in you know it's it's all they they don't believe in sunk costs in government now we're, oh look we we've already gone this far we've got to keep going to make sure that this happens otherwise it'll be a disaster uh, and so we're it, it could go up to 200 500 a billion who knows but that they'll they'll keep chasing these sorts of things because it's just the way government functions around here and, and nobody calls them on it Wallet Hub named Rhode Island uh, dead last, fiftieth in uh, in a state to do start a business. Start a business. What is your reaction to that, Justin Katz? Well, that's that's not much new anymore. You know, I've I've done some studies of this, and there, if depending how you look at the st- the statistics, Rhode Island actually has a, a pretty good pretty high number of business starts. But when you look into it, it's really people just trying to make ends meet, doing you know doing side gigs or, or starting just going out on their own and trying to make some money because they can't get a, a steady employment job, W-2 job. Uh, and then when they get reach a point when they succeed enough that they have to hi- start hiring the lawyers and, and complying with regulations and, and uh, you know, all of our mandates for employment for employers, then they, f- they fall apart. So a, a year or two into it, you've got a lot of business closures where they can't compared to say Massachusetts. And that's, that's Rhode Island. That's the story of Rhode Island. And, Nobody, I mean, it, nobody should be surprised. We, we hover, I mean, we've been so bad at this stuff for so long as a state that we, we hover and we're, we're excited when, we, when we're only in the low 40s. Uh, so, I mean, these, these indices are, you know, sometimes it's questionable how they're put together. I mean, Forbes had one recently that, that has us at 23 for, for new businesses. Um, but when you look at it, it's, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of the fluff that, progressive kind of stuff to, to boost the numbers in my opinion but so the the actual numbers are, are are they'll go up they'll go down but we are not doing well and wallet hub seems to be one that that when they when they pick an indices rhode island does does not do well and i think it's it, it's gotten so commonplace i don't even know if, if people notice them anymore in um, johnston the johnston sun i thought they did a very good local story and uh it's it's a lot of politics involved but in essence, I wanted to get your thoughts on it, where you had this flooding in Johnston, uh, Policina the Sun, who both father and son have a, you know, a lot of friction and don't have a good relationship with Governor McKee. But it got to the point where they were not getting any response from the McKee people. When you had people stranded on a street during the flooding, the streets right near 295, they had to reach out to Helena folks. The chain here is Helena folks then reaches out, gets hold of Ramundo, is over the holiday weekend who then gets in touch with Mayor Pete, who then circles back to Johnston, and then they end up getting the approval. I thought, number one, good reporting, but number two, Justin, you want to talk about vindictive and thin skin. Governor McKee was more than content to sit back and let those people be in a dangerous situation in Johnston because of his animosity towards the Policinas. Well, it it certainly does seem that way, and I think the whole episode is is indicative of the, the danger we, we put ourselves in with these situations. So, I mean, just to, to be clear, there was a, there's a, a cul-de-sac or some kind of dead end street in yeah. Johnston. The, the only road out was, was completely impassable. And so what they wanted to do in Johnston was, was have an emergency road off 295, which there are federal regulations against that. And so you've got, you've, you've traced that connection, Palacina to folks, to Raimondo, to Buttigieg, the, the transportation secretary. Uh, and this is, this is how common sense action can be taken. And I mean, I think you're completely right to, to point out that there's, there's more than a little chance McKee was thin skinned and like, I'm not going to help that guy, but it makes you wonder would Buttigieg have helped if Policino were a Republican, if Johnston were, let's say Cranston, it makes you wonder. And that's, that's the danger of this situation. You've got this terrible under, well, not underfunded, under, maintained infrastructure in the state which makes people vulnerable and then you've got these regulations which i'm sure they've got some some use use some reason you don't want suddenly a highway to have a a stop a stoplight every few miles because people are adding roads to it but you've got this regulation that you can't even have an emergency road off of a a highway to, to reach a an area that's otherwise hard to reach 
and so what do you, what do you do if you need that? You have to be connected. You you need to be th like three steps away from the the transportation secretary. That's kind of that's frightening in itself because then they can these people have incredible power and discretion to pick who gets the benefits of these of a little bit of leeway from all that. And I think that's that's to me is the the frightening thing, the dangerous situation we're in where we're we're not. We're, we're letting our local governments get away without maintaining infrastructure, and we're letting ourselves be boxed in by rules that that really give un, un, incredible power to just a handful of people who can who can call up and say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be a little bit easy on this this out this regulation at this point." And I think that's that's a a, a big warning sign for Rhode Islanders, but also for for Americans more generally. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Chapa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678-SHAPA Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island of Massachusetts, Shapa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shapa Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston, Shapa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend, one-stop insurance solutions. Folks, our segment is Politics This Week, again, with us, Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, what about, uh, Kathy Gregg had the story, no residency period required to vote in Rhode Island. Good idea or a bad idea. The Rhode Island Secretary of State seems to be pushing this. You know, I, I am just at a loss to when you think about what are some things that residents benefit from? Can you imagine in the summertime if someone said, whether Narragansett or Newport or Middletown, oh, I'm, I'm a resident for the day. I just arrived here. I'd like the sticker so I can go to your beaches. Um, there is residency parking in different places. Why on earth would someone would think that you walk in day of voting and say, oh, I'm I'm a resident here now and be able to register to vote. Well, I mean, the why to me is obvious. Fraud. They want fraud. Sure. Um, right. the, the same. One thing that I've, I found shocking, and, and this is starting to become a theme over, over months, is uh, from what I saw, Kathy Gregg took some heat because people were saying, oh, you're being misleading. You're, it's, you still have to be a resident. You know, instantly jumping on her. Uh, for for even just mentioning this accurately, in my view, and I think that that's an indication of of where they're going with this. They want to make noise so that they can invite this fraud. And it's again, it's the government plantation. They they want uh, just a, a couple years ago, it was the worst thing in the world world that Ashley Kalis hadn't lived here since she was a child and she was right. running for for governor. So that is not acceptable. But we can have people just show up. Uh, there's. So it's, there are two parts to this, from what I understand. There's there's same day registration where you're not registered to vote. You want to vote today. You go register. Boom, you can vote. And there's no residency requirement. So you you claim to have moved here today, and there you go. Same day registration. So whereas whereas without that, you could maybe register the same day, but you had to be claiming that you'd lived here for a, a certain period of time. That is it is just an invitation for fraud. And what what they're trying to do is again the 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 insiders in Rhode Island, who they're, they're, most of them probably have that pedigree of decades, and so they'll call themselves real Rhode Islanders. They want to run the show, but they want to be able to bring in people to vote for them so that they can give them stuff, give them services, pander to them, and then turn around and bill the federal government, bill other taxpayers in Rhode Island. I think that's it's, it's a terrible, terrible idea. And if we had any healthy political instinct in Rhode Island, people would be outraged at this this blatant in, blatant move toward increased fraud. I mean, you've got same day registrations with mail ballots. Are you serious? Ballot harvesting, same day registration with no residency requirement. Who could, on its face, it is outrageous and, yeah. and and designed to to make make our elections even less secure than they already are. 
Um, and finally, folks, I do have a story up uh, on DePetro.com. It's interesting to me, Justin. So I, I was hearing about this, and then I made some more phone calls. And I did hear from some people in the know that one of the things they're looking at is it's very that it's going to be a complete demo. They call it a complete demo, complete demolition of that Washington Bridge. So I, I, I did a posting about it on, on Saturday on DePetro.com, and then Saturday night, the mayor of East Providence responded with what I thought was kind of a bizarre post where he said he had heard about rumors about that they were going to demolish the bridge. So Saturday night, he picked up the phone, according to him, and called DOT director Peter Alvini at home. And then Alvini goes on to say, well, we're, we're still collecting data, so we haven't reached a decision on it. But what I just find interesting about it is if, if the mayor of East Providence was so confident why did he call me Saturday night at home? Why did he call McKee? And what I also come back to, and I write about it on the website, is is if here's the thing: is let's just say it, and I, from what I understand, it is going to be a complete demolition. Um, the bridge is so far gone. But is if Saturday night Peter Alvidi would say to him, "Oh yeah, by the way, we meant to uh, clue you in on this. Yes, it is going to be a complete a complete demo." I mean. If you read between the lines, Alvini's like, well, you know, we're still collecting data. We're not there just yet. But, I, I mean, to me, I don't blame, by the way, the mayor of East Providence, Mayor De Silva, who, when they closed that bridge, McKee, he, De Silva found out the way everyone else did, which was Alvini live on the news at 5 o'clock, so he was left in the dark. It also shows me that he's still uneasy about this because he's 100% sure he'd say, totally false. I talked to the governor just the other day. That's not going on. You wouldn't call the DOT director on a Saturday night at nine o'clock at home if you were fully confident um, on, on that you're, to me, in the know. And I just don't think the mayor's in the know on this. Yeah, well, and I saw that post on your site. It's, it's great stuff. The it it shows. I mean, his his calling LVD on the weekend shows kind of the the, the level of distrust because exactly. people people know they cannot trust uh, trust each other in the state. You know, the the whole thing to me, the, this whole little episode um, shows the, the 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 deep problem we're we're in in Rhode Island. I mean, it, the governor, his transportation secretary, or his transportation folks, they ought, DOT, they ought to be out there every day. Here's the progress. Here's what we're thinking. It may have to come down, folks. You know, they, yet their, their instinct is always to make these decisions in a back room, to, to discuss it probably with the communications people. Well, let's, let's uh, develop a, a messaging strategy for how we're going to sell a, a whole reconstruction of the bridge. We need to know everything before we say anything. No, you should be out there. This this is disrupting people's lives every day. When I said that people, people more people die of transportation, bad infrastructure, and guns, it's this sort of thing. That is a problem. It's not only it's not only slows down traffic. It's unpredictable. Some days you go over that bridge, it's thirty minutes. Some days leave an hour. You know, you can't live like that for a long period of time. So they need a plan, and I don't think they know how to develop one. And so they keep everything hidden, and nobody can trust anybody. Information's held like it's a it's a it's a precious resource and that's a problem and then it makes you wonder where are the the mainstream journalists where are they why are they not digging on it and then why when you break the news when you're out there why are they not following up on it right why is that i mean that to, as an illustration of how things have changed if, if i'm remembering correctly it's been a while but you on social media when uh was it 38 studios went down you said i'm hearing some rumors yeah. and i remember ted nisi of channel 12 responding what no you know yeah. that was the way the media was then there was this communication you oh, were a legitimate source you they yeah. knew you had no. connections now it's like no we've got to ignore that we're oh we're hearing these rumors and i think um the mayor of, of East Providence got caught up in that. We're hearing rumors because you and I, we're just rumor mills now. Yes. There's, we we yeah. can't possibly have anything newsworthy to say. That's the attitude. And I think it's very detrimental. And I think it also contributes to the mainstream media will not follow stories they should because they came from these sources that they, they want to pretend are suspicious. We saw this last week on Newsmakers where they were saying uh, to the Attorney General, people are saying, yeah, that's me. <laughs> you, yeah. Can, you can say that. There are people, right. you know, Justin Katz and other conservatives in the state are saying, you know, you can cite us, but they don't 
want to give us any credibility. And what you end up with is a bridge coming down. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody trusts anybody because it's all tightly controlled by all these communications directors across all the, the local government. And that's that's a that makes things even more dangerous. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to give away any sources, but what something that local media I'll, I'll share with you is ignoring is some a group that is very concerned about this construction. It's not even Rhode Island. It's Cape Cod and it's Cape Cod tourism. And sure. I've, I've heard that various individuals, bus groups, things like that, that visit the Cape. Uh, one of the things that they're getting feedback in, number one, is how long it took for people to get there. And then what a nightmare was leaving. And so Cape Cod, that's been hit hard with all the shark attacks over the past couple of summers. They're from what I they're putting pressure on the state saying, you know, this thing's going to be straightened out by Memorial Day, isn't it? Like, how long is this thing going to go on? <laughs> so any so anyhow, folks, again, our segment politics. 2030. That's our plan, right? <laughs> Bridge by <laughs> <Right>. 2030. <laughs> he is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, excellent job. And we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. I'll talk to you soon. Propane Plus, call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus for all your tree needs call yankee tree today the tree trimming experts in lincoln call yankee tree at 401-439-6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck service, even bobcat service, you can depend on Yankee Tree. Remember, 24-7 emergency services available. They are fully insured, licensed arborists. Yankee Tree. With all these storms, don't let some dangerous branches fall onto your home or business. Call Yankee Tree today, 401-439-6028. The tree trimming experts in Lincoln you can depend on Yankee Tree Service. Call them, 401-439-6028. Free quote, 24-7 emergency service, Yankee Tree Service. There when you need them, 401-439-6028. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, lunch dinner drinks in the lounge especially this time of year so much going on they always have a nice crowd right there full bar large dining area right there in the lounge easy to get to whether it's lunch or dinner a great meal is waiting for you at the lodge pub and eatery think of this since 1994 that's right celebrating the big anniversary this year i'll see you at the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in Lincoln. Follow on the scene live stream. That's our Facebook live stream page. You can go to the website topetro.com. There's a link there or on Facebook. Just find the John DePetro show. That's where we do the on the scene live stream. Follow all the action. Make sure you follow our Facebook page.